I did my work in spiritual direction at Boston College. It's a Jesuit institution there. One of my teachers was this wise old nun. And in class one day, she was saying from time to time, she would get someone who came for spiritual direction, and they would start out like this. I, I really don't know why I'm here. You see, I'm, I'm an atheist. I, I don't believe in God. And this deep spiritual nun would say, Oh, okay, well, tell me about this God that you don't believe in. And they would start unpacking that, and sometimes they would say, um, well, I don't believe God is like a kindly grandparent. That's just too benign for me. And, and the nun would say, well, I, I agree with you. I, I don't believe in that kind of God either. And sometimes a person would say, well, I, I don't believe God is an avenging autocrat who just willy-nilly slaughters people. And the nun would say, yeah, I agree with you. I don't believe in that God either. And sometimes a person would come and say, uh, well, I don't believe God is male. I, I'm resentful of all that male language when it comes to talking about God. My father wasn't a very good example, and I just re resist all of that. And, and the nun would say, I, I agree with you. I, I don't believe in that God either. And sometimes that person would really have a conversion and turn around when they got it clear about the kind of God they didn't believe in. Here's the bottom line. It's not whether you believe in God or not. It's what kind of God do you believe in? Jesus said to Peter and to the early disciples and to us today, who do you say that I am. We're in this sermon series on relationships, our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And I had such a great message for you uh, earlier in the week. Uh, it was going to be all about this family systems, continuing education that I've been doing with Doug Hester. He's this Lutheran pastor and certified counselor. And I was going to talk to you about differentiation. Isn't that a great word? And about finding out who we are, and it's not like individuation at one of those stages of development, but it's about how we figure out who we are in relationship to other people, and I want to talk to you about being a full self, not being selfish, ooh, we don't like that word selfish, and, or selfless, ooh, no self there, but, but being self-full, a whole person, a complete person, and wasn't that going to be a great message, huh? Good theory. And then the week got away from me. First of all, Monday was a holiday, right? Labor Day. And I got to take that day off and rest and play with Kathy. And, and that was terrific. But you know, that made the week a day shorter. <laughs> and there's some things I needed to get done. And I had one less day in order to get them all done. And then Anita died on Monday night. And all of a sudden, now I had two memorial services the week because Jane had died the week before, and I knew that that service was Saturday afternoon, and then talking to the family, Anita's family, I, that service was going to be Friday night, and now there were two families to visit with. But by the way, if there's one thing I need to do well, it's that. Hmm? Dealing with people in their grief. Right? I really want to do that well. Holding up life and death and resurrected life before God. And so I'm visiting these families and trying to put together services. And, and, 
So I'm giving you the background of what pastors do during the week. I know you think I only work half a day a week, you know, just, but really there's, you know, there's some other things I do and, and, you know, there's music to coordinate and getting the worship bulletin done and I'm, I'm, I'm going all around here and, and it's, it's not going all that well. And then Wednesday morning happened and this is what I found Wednesday morning when I got here to worship about, uh, worship to the church about 710, um, these are trailers of a movie production company. Have, have you all heard of the TV series uh, American Crime? Anybody here American Crime? Yeah. So they were filling our lot with their trailers. And you said, how did they get here? Uh, in the summer, they came uh, and they had one trailer. It was a food trailer and it came during the middle of the day and there wasn't a lot of traffic around and they fed us lunch and they paid us $1,000 just to park their trailer there for a few hours. And we had a contract with them. They were going to come on Wednesday, but they were going to come on Wednesday after 9.30 a.m., when we had all of our preschool traffic get out of the way. They were here before six. So yeah, this is a picture that uh, Lisa took here because she was spending the night with Interfaith Hospitality Network. It was a perfect storm, I tell you. If you look in our parking lot, there's three main sections. They fill two of the sections. And there's, you've seen the little trailers where the, go, the stars go in and they change and everything. And there's, there is the food trailer and there's the props trailer. I saw a little bucket that said rain boots. I'm just telling you, I've noticed details like this. And so here's what I did. I didn't, I didn't lose myself. Before I said anything, I sat in my office and I had centering prayer. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. I didn't want to go out there and just spew all over somebody. But finally, I went out there about 7.30, and I said, uh, who's in charge? And the guy with the walkie-talkie, he goes, I'll talk to my guy, and then he talked to his guy, and finally the guy got here, you know, and, and uh, I said, hey, this is not going to work. About 9 o'clock, this parking lot's going to be filled with moms and dads and little kids, and they are going to expect to get into the building safely and so I got the church staff to park in Building M. I got the preschool staff to park in our parking lot in Building M. And finally, about nine-ish or so, they got one of the trailers out of the way here so that we could kind of get around. And I'm telling you all of this because it just raised my stress level a great deal. And then trying to do all these other things, we can go beyond that slide. I was just setting this up here for you. So what happened was on Wednesday... I knew that I was in trouble because I started deleting things. I know this has never happened to you. When you get going so fast that you say, oh, forgot that. You know, I know you've never done this. Sent an email that you thought had the attachment. And people, they email you back and, uh, I don't think I could open that attachment or it wasn't there. No, it wasn't there. <laughs> I just forgot it, right? And it's a pretty important attachment, okay? And I just hate it when that happens. And it was about this time that uh, I knew I wasn't doing very well. And Jesus, you know, all week long has been coming to me asking this question, saying, who do you say that I am? And in the midst of all this activity, I would say to Jesus, well, you're the Messiah, of course, you know, the Savior of the world, uh, the full revelation of God in human form. And Jesus would say back to me, Okay, and then why are you doing all of this if, if I'm the Messiah? Why are you trying to save everything yourself? 
oops, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you took that role, didn't you? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, this really didn't strike me until the end of the week <laughs> when I started getting it straight, who Jesus was, so I could get it straight, who I was. And, and then I remembered some of the study that I had done during the week. One of the translations of the verses here that said, um, whoever tries to save him or herself or herself, it, I, I love this new translation, it said, Whoever tries to rescue, and I go, yep, you got me there. That's the translation I need, because I go about trying to rescue everything and everybody, and I can't even save myself, <laughs> much less any of you, or parking lot stuff, or memorial services. And Jesus keeps coming into my life and saying, who do you say that I am? And I have to get it straight. Oh yeah, you're the Savior. You're the Messiah. And I'm not. Jesus says this to me. When you lose yourself, Lynn, when you lose your facade of perfection and of trying to do everything and take care of everybody, then I have a better self waiting for you. <laughs> if you're willing to let that go and receive what I have for you. The full self that I have for you. Does that resonate with anybody? Anybody here? Yeah, I'm, I'm not the only one. Yeah. So imagine I'm, I'm talking to uh, an attorney, and uh, this attorney on the outside looks like uh, he's a very successful person, he's got it all together, functioning well. But I'm visiting with him this one day, and he said, uh, It was the day I came into my living room. And there was my wife and my family members and three of my closest friends and there was my pastor. And I got to thinking to myself and I go, you know, it's not my birthday. And then later, years later, he said, you know, it was my birthday, my rebirthday. As they intervened on me and they told me how much they loved me, but they were concerned about my behavior with alcohol. And I had to admit that I had a problem with alcohol. And I had to say that I'm an alcoholic. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And in visiting, just imagine I'm visiting with this attorney. And I asked this attorney, uh, and what did you learn about, about that experience? And this attorney says, I, I learned a lot. I learned that... I used to think the church was just for the weak and for the losers. And I learned that that was true because I was the one who had to admit that I was weak and that I was a loser in order to find myself. And that taking up my cross and losing myself was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I just imagine I'm asking this attorney, what, what is, where's Jesus in all this? Who do you say that Jesus is? And this attorney says, this Jesus is a tough, <laughs> relentless, devastating friend. Who do you say I am? We really don't know who we are until we know who He is. That He has a better self for us than we have for our, ourselves. 
Imagine I'm talking to a youth that's on retreat. And I say, uh, uh, how's it going? And uh, this youth says, well, you know, uh, on my Instagram uh, page, I've, uh, I haven't been getting very many likes on this photo, and I'm thinking about taking that down. And I say to her, uh, so you're not feeling real good about yourself? Yeah, my digital presence is not, just not getting the traction that I want. And I, I think I want to update my you know, identity there and uh, get, get more likes. So well, how's this retreat going? Well, you know, there's no Wi-Fi here. And there's no cell phone coverage. And, uh, and all, there's all this free time. And I don't know what to do with all this free time. Because uh, everywhere else I go, my parents are telling me, we've got to do this. And my teachers are telling me, you've got to get in this assignment. And I'm in all these clubs. And, every, and I just don't know who I am unless somebody tells me. And I'll say to them, I'll tell you who Jesus says you are. You're precious. You're loved. You're mine. You belong to me. Your identity is sure in me. And it doesn't wash off. Who do you say that I am? How you answer that question gives you the insight to figure out who you are. I need to tell you that uh, I've been overwhelmed, not just with all these other things going on, but uh, reading the news, I mean, or watching the news, or whatever your source is, uh, are they refugees? Are they migrants? Who are they? <laughs> Who are these people? I, hearing the story on NPR about these Syrians who have to get fake Visas, IDs, passports, because their government is, is killing them. They can't get it through their government. They have to make up documents to come up with an identity to get out of their own country. Um, and are you where you come from? Are you the person to where you're going? Are you your family name? Your, who are you? And it's just overwhelming to me. Doesn't it get you? I mean, who are you? Uh, uh, Dr. Diana had a wonderful devotional from Richard War that she forwarded to me this past week talking about uh, who do you say that I am. And it was a Buddha <laughs> in conversation with Jesus through a monk. And I, yeah, I love this. And it was talking about we Christians are far too eager to take action first without doing the contemplation first. And I know that's me. I want to rescue. I want to save everybody. And, and I tend to lose myself. It was talking about how we need to find that deep center and come out of that instead of our need to fix everything. Which is, again, that role's been taken <laughs> by the Messiah. I had these two memorial services on Friday night and Saturday here. And there were two women that I think got that message about getting centered first. Talking about Anita. She died Monday night with her family gathered around her. And it was a rule in Anita's house that she had in place 
that you do not sing Christmas carols before Thanksgiving is over. But her family gathered around her and they sang, Oh, Holy Night. And that's how Anita died, singing, <laughs> Oh, Holy Night. And she was aware and participating in that. You get it? That, that identity, it, it, it never leaves you. Life and death and life beyond death. We belong to that kind of Messiah. And Jane... I got to see her on that Thursday just before that weekend when she had that downturn. And in visiting there in her room, I started saying the words of the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. And she picked it right up. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And she said that right along with me. And her identity was sure. She knew who she was. And that last Forever, beyond this life we know here. Jesus keeps coming to my life, I hope to your life. I know he came to Peter's life because Peter finally got it. Jesus keeps coming and says, who do you say that I am? How we answer that question makes all the difference in this world, figuring out who we are. I want you to know that Jesus says to you today, you're mine. <laughs> you belong to me. You're precious. That's the good news I have to share with you. Amen.